right. Welcome, everybody. It's episode 13. 13. 13. Lucky number. All right. That's... Do you believe in those type of things? No. no. It, you know, not so much. Okay. I am superstitious. Are you really? To, to a fault. Not like won't go under a ladder, but well, for example, the funny joke is, is if I have like, um, if I'm wearing a certain pair of shoes and I'll like sell like a couple cars in a day, I'll wear those. I will keep wearing the shoes until. Like baseball. Sp- yeah, yeah. Yeah. Suspicious. Yeah. So um, I do have those type of things. Like I just, yeah, I can't help it. It's more of a sports with me than anything. When but, Michigan was winning, I had, oh, to, yeah. had to wear the same clothes. Yeah. Oh, I've done that. And like my kids, I think we've talked about this before, but um, one time Jordan, my oldest, was at a football game and they were just getting destroyed. This was like his freshman or sophomore year. So we were just kind of, and I remember I was dieting too at the time when I was like doing those bay boot camps where I was like starving myself oh, and uh, they were just losing. I was just so angry. So I walked up to the concession stand and I got a red bag of Skittles. And son of a bitch, if they didn't come back and win that game. So now <laughs> I've associated with the red bag of skills being a good luck thing. And what I'll do a lot of times is I'll wait to have it until halftime in case they're doing bad to hopefully bring good luck. Well, this weekend, hopefully they'll have Skittles at Northern Lights Arena. Yes. <laughs> that would be – I think they do. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's all kinds of good stuff yeah. in there. But it's got to be a red bag. And a lot of times it'll just be a purple bag, the wild berry. Oh. And I'll get upset. Which I shouldn't. It's a sheet of blue or red. Yeah, I guess. Gotta mix red and blue to get purple. That's cheating. Yeah. And this is why it's like you've get you've got a bag of all the best colors of Skittles. You can't do that. Yeah, it's like the yellow Starburst. <clears throat> right. I remember some a long time ago. I wasn't that long ago. I found a mem or a Mimi or how do you want to call it? I don't ever know the correct pronunciation, but it said, "Don't ever let someone tell you you're a yellow Starburst." <laughs> <laughs> and I think it's mean because for Christmas I got this game called What Do You Mean? Yep. So That wouldn't make sense if we had that game either. I think I would know that. <laughs> All right. Oh, anyway. I didn't, sorry to interrupt you. <laughs> oh, that was, that was awesome. Yeah, that, tangent. Yeah. Yeah. You said we wanted to just wing it sometimes. No, that's, good. that's what we're doing. All right. It's June 18th, and we're in the same seating as last week, but. A new pro or a different program recording us, so hopefully that helps with the sound. Or I can stop trailing off and going into the deep. But anyway, it's on my left, Steve. <laughs> got Steve on my left. I guess Christiana on my right. Oh, me. hi. Hi, yes. And She's by far the most experienced person we've had, I think, which I'm excited and terrified for all at the same time. <laughs> so it's funny as. We've gone on. I've purposely tried to keep people with expectations or maybe that have some experience in this later on until we found ourselves. Because, you know, the beginning was rough sailing. <laughs> there was a lot of, you know. I listened to, I've listened to quite a few of your shows. And I think what's most important out of everything is that you guys are genuine. Yeah. And that does come across. And, um, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. No. I'm fine with that. Just stay genuine, <laughs> all right. above all. Doesn't matter. Sound quality doesn't matter if your personality is beaming. Well, that's good to hear because we struggle with that. We probably, <laughs> Half our text conversation during the day is about that. And the other half is trying to find you a girlfriend. Yeah. yeah you worked it in this week. I'm going to work it in there. I fell off the wagon last week and I'm kind of upset. <laughs> I think 
Maybe he needs to borrow Gordy. Oh, that's a good idea. For those of you who don't know, um, I have a little bulldog. He's just turned one years old. His name's Gordy. And I've kind of inadvertently turned him into the mascot of the store that I run, uh, Family Enterprise. And women love him. So you can babysit or puppy sit him for the weekend. Take him for a walk. Good Lord. I like all those ideas. We'll start with the walk. <laughs> he is a lot. He's, he is a lot. I don't know if it's because he's low to the ground or just strong. He's like a little He's like a little condensed muscle. Yeah, he's just – I remember yeah. when we were at Austin Brothers with Scott and uh, we were playing uh, cornhole. And so we were at Alice. So Scott's like, go ahead, Alice. And Allison was happy. But at one point, I think he started running and Allison's like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you could blow out your arms out really easy like with him. He's a cute dog. All right. Very good. No. No. Stop. (laughs) Do it. All right. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram. You just set up the Twitter finally. I'm not going to. I only reason I did that is because I didn't want anyone taking it. Does that make sense? (laughs) Yes. So like a placeholder, you're not gonna actually put any content. I don't know if I'm going to or not, but I didn't want someone else going there and being like, ha ha, I have it. So I went and made it. No, if it's it's there and doesn't anything, wait. I struggle not to even do a weekly Instagram post. We're doing well at Facebook, so but it's there as a placeholder, so I don't have to worry about someone taking it. (laughs) Maybe if we hire that intern, we do all. Oh my god, we need an intern so bad. We do a producer. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Someone that's what I said. I go, what we need is like a 19 year, 20 year old kid that wants to, we can't pay him, but would like to have this as his resume and like, sure. look how crappy this was before <laughs> I started it. And in, in the three months time of me being at school, you know, on summer break, I was able to take this thing and make it sound like this. And they would like, you're hired. Yeah, so. And then the whole time after three months, we would cry. Cause how did you do that? We don't know what you did. Well, if anybody out there knows how, Knows anybody who's willing to get something on the resume, they can email us at hot take from the kitchen at gmail.com. Look at you. H O T T A K E F R O M T H E K I T C H N E N at gmail.com. So it's hot take from the kitchen, not hot takes. Yes. I've been right. saying it wrong all week and I apologize. Oh, it's okay. It's all right. I'm excited. That's all I want. And I think people have grown to expect that. So. Maybe I shouldn't do it next week. No, we'll you do. <laughs> One of our... We would be flooded with emails. Maybe. <laughs> I guess we could try that, but you know, we got to kind of give the people what they want. I know. With no intern to answer all of those emails. I mean, you're doing yourself a favor. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we'll go to the hot takes next. Now we are going into our hot takes, and my first hot take is that the WHO, or the World Health Organization, has now classified gaming addiction as a mental health disorder, which is kind of crazy. Who? Who? What's interesting about this is, um... I can't say I didn't grow up with video games because I did. I had like a Super Nintendo and then Genesis. And then after that, PlayStation. But then it kind of ended PlayStation. Then I was 
I don't know. I stopped really playing it. Yeah. Nothing like it's grown now. So I can't say that I didn't have video games, but I don't know if I ever got to the point where I had an addiction. Well, you know, I mean, when we were growing up, video games were very different in the sense that they they had essentially one mode you could go. You had the start, you had the finish, and you had a, I don't know, a snail or something that would kill you in between. <clears throat> Now they're so involved, they're so realistic, and you can get other people involved, so it becomes like community. Mm-hmm. I could see how people get more sucked into it than they would like a Mario, Mario Brothers or Sonic the Hedgehog or a Tetris, you know? I can understand that. I mean, I don't understand it because Mario Brothers is one of my favorite games, but um, I remember when my, I lived with Matt Mashinsky and we were roommates. That was the first time you could take like Xbox and connect them to each other. So, like, you have one screen in one room, and they would then run this cord into the other room. So one person would be in the bedroom, and the other would be in the living room, and we would play against each other. And I remember I remember that was, like, the first time where I saw people, like, the community that you're talking sure, about. Sure, sure. And then, of course, online played started with Halo, and then it manifests itself to the sword room and all that fun stuff. So Kids don't have to go out and play anymore. I mean, let's connect on the internet and just play video games all day. My son's a great example of that. Games are so in depth and take forever to play now. Yeah, it's not like you have like 15 levels you've got to get through. I bought my husband uh, Fallout 4 for (laughs) Christmas. I haven't seen him since. (laughs) I swear it's all he does. When we're not at work, that's all he does. Wow. Just play that game. And he never gets bored because there's so many different idiosyncrasies and different ways that you can play the game and different levels of hardness, easiness, whatever. I keep thinking about buying a, <clears throat> a gaming system and really Mario Kart, a golf game. And then I really enjoyed, um, oh, I can't think of it because it's not, um, Oh, Super Smash Brothers, which okay. is like all the like Mario Brothers and all the, all the different video game heroes you fight each other. So really, I'm a Nintendo guy at heart. Sounds like it. But no one plays Nintendo really anymore. Everyone's like, on, and anytime I bring it up, everybody's like, oh, get an Xbox. Don't do that. Because, you know, and I'm like, no, get what you want. Well, and <laughs> you get that Nintendo. I'm going you to. say I, I deserve it. it. <laughs> oh, I mean, Mario Kart. I mean, that's, yeah. we've played hours of Mario Kart. Probably days of Mario Kart, actually. So that's all I did in college. <laughs> I almost failed. Oh, no. See, the degrees. That's right. Uh, yeah. That and the uh, GoldenEye for 64. It's crazy how big, how games are this. No, I mean, the graphics are just like you're playing real life sometimes. Unreal. See, I'm, I'm hella old school. I want to have a skee-ball machine in my basement i want to have a galaga machine but the one that is a galaga miss pac-man combo with the big speakers and oh man that is like my dream come true i would never get anything done (laughs) we went to right brain brewery and then i found after a little exploring there was a galaga machine in the corner oh man so then that's all i did the whole time was play galaga (laughs) whatever nothing about that no no (laughs) drinking beer and playing video games Anyway, my second hot take is a man in Arizona was arrested for making more than a thousand fake returns at Walmart and taking them for $1.3 million. 
It's a lot of returns. So when I when you first sent me this hot take, the first thing I questioned because I didn't read the article was it the same Walmart? Oh. No, it is. It says it was at more than a thousand of the chain stores across the country. Okay, then that makes a little more sense. I thought it just this dude kept going back to the same Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> like at some point you got to catch on. Yeah, but no. No, that's a that's how they get you. I remember when I worked at um, World Market when I first moved out to California. I was making so little money in radio that I had to have a second job. So I worked at World Market, which sells all kinds of cool imports from all over the world. And but they also sell like cuisine art, like kitchen <laughs> stuff. And I remember an email went out across the board to all the stores about this woman who kept returning this expensive coffee maker. And sure enough, one day she came in and gave me this receipt that had like initials all over it from other places where she had returned it. And I was like, oh, it's her. Like she was a celebrity or something. <laughs> and so uh, I went back and told my manager and I was all excited, just like peeking around the corner to see if she's going to get arrested. It was, it was, it's bonkers. But, you know, meth is a hell of a drug. People <laughs> try and pull all kinds of crazy stuff. Was that his deal? Was he on drugs? I didn't see, but it just says the suspicion arose when he tried to return a computer at a Yuma, Arizona store. And I guess he took some parts out of the machine before returning it. I don't know where he was getting all his product from or what. But he, so he actually bought it or did he steal it and then try to return it? Because like, how is it a scam if you, if you've purchased it, <clears throat> you know, that's yeah. the hard part. I don't know. <laughs> But he, he must have taken it home if he took parts out. Yeah. <laughs> the article doesn't give a whole lot. It just says he did it at over 1,000 stores over 18 months. That's intense. Yeah. Well, he does have two counts of theft, two counts of fraudulent schemes, and two counts of criminal Fraudulent damage. schemes. That's the name of my new band. We actually have a backup menu for our podcast if Hot Take Ever Falls. Yeah, there you go. Fraudulent yeah. schemes. <laughs> With Brad and Steve. I take that. <laughs> All right. Our third hat take is okay, here it is. University of Michigan now has blue end zones. And I'm right with that. It, it looks good. Great. It does. I mean, it's not the bright blue that's up in Boise. No. It's a dark blue. That, in fact, if you're not a Michigan fan, <clears throat> I don't know if you think you would notice it. No. It's that subtle, but it looks really cool. It does. I don't know if you care about anything like this, but... Here's the deal. I married into a U of M family, okay. which has been real weird up here because, <laughs> holy cow, so many people here are all about state. And say la vie, whatever, as long mm. as it's not um, OSU, I'm good. But um, but I don't understand why that's significant. Was it, was it just change? Well, or? it was just grass with Michigan Road. Okay. And now it's a navy. The whole end zone's a navy blue now with Michigan. So, like I said, very subtle change, but it looks really cool. Is that the? I mean, is that the thing where they're doing that because the players are going to be wearing navy jerseys, and so they're harder to see? I like the way you're thinking. <laughs> I just think it's just more of something to get them to talk about football in the middle of July. Sure. Or doing, or <laughs> yeah, because they made a big deal out of it. Yeah. But you never know. I mean, I like the way your head is. I mean, that's amazing. <laughs> that's how they kind of do distractions. I worked for the Cleveland Browns radio network for several years. And it was like 
whenever they were their crappiest, which is hilarious because they're just perpetually worse and worse. Um, that's when they're like, oh, we're going to reveal a new logo or we've got new uniforms. And it's just like they're trying to make you look over here because some over here something bad's yeah. happening. And I remember Cleveland because the Jacobsons, my dad's side, are all Cleveland diehards. Okay. I remember that Cleveland when they were good or bad, depending on, like you said, which they're always still kind of bad. Um, they would like grow their fear out, field out really long. So to slow, if they were playing a really fast team, <laughs> they would do that just to give any type of advantage they could somehow do. Yeah. It's kind of nuts. It's all about strategy, man. <laughs> Strategery. Yes. All right. Topic number four is Big Brother. Okay. Are you a Big Brother fan? I don't watch it. That's I okay. gotta be honest. Brad and I are longtime Big Brother fans. Okay. So, um, you just have to put up with this one. That's and cool. and though, unfortunately, you're going to have to put up with this every week from here on out. <laughs> because I'm sure we will do a Big Brother short recap. Yeah, probably. They revealed the 16 castmates. And I heard something about 20 people, which lets me know that you could have four people coming back or mm-hmm. coming in. So They need to find something new, though. Yeah. Because they do it every year now. Which is is there anybody that you guys want to come back? Oh, man. James. Would be cool. What's James' deal? He won Big Brother once. He's from the um, Auburn Hills area from oh, Michigan. Okay, cool. He's a football coach, and he was runner-up one year. Um, and he just did some really cool stuff, like within the show. That's if you haven't watched the show, you're probably like, okay, whatever. But <laughs> he would be one. Or the Asian hillbilly to come back. James, the other James. <laughs> Yeah, there's an Asian redneck on there, which would be interesting. Huh. It's amazing. Yeah. We, I, Alice and I kind of got bored at some point because we cut our cord. So we went back to watch a couple seasons and we watched the Enzo um, season with uh, Genoa's in there. And um, oh, I can't think of his name, but um, I just can't think of it. Oh, well, it doesn't matter. We were kind of watching. It was the Brigade. It was Memphis and, oh, my God, I still can't believe I'm blinking out on that. But anyway, so that was that their year. That was a good year season. We enjoyed watching that. So Nice to have Mike Boogie back with the doctor. That's not happening. Well, Dr. Will's not coming back. He's distanced himself from Big Brother mm. quite well. But Boogie. He comes back every year. For yeah. Boogie might come back, though. B- boogie as in, like, Booger? Mm. Or is, like, Boogie, like... I think Fly. it's yeah. <laughs> He's a club owner and a restaurant. Oh, okay. Yeah. He's actually made something of so. Yeah. Well, when you win <laughs> millions of dollars, you're able to do the thing. So. And I cashed in my 401k, and I thought that I was going to be doing big things. <laughs> yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah. I don't care who comes back. I just wanted to have something different each year. Different how? Because aren't they just stuck in a house? Like, what, what, what would you like to see? They just seem to do the same competitions each year, but it's just a different variation, I guess. Well, <clears throat> some of those competitions are amazing. Like, I look forward to some of those. But they have gotten away with some, some things that I thought I really thoroughly enjoyed watching about Big Brother. Like, I miss the food competitions. Yeah, we were watching those. Right? We don't oh, get to see them anymore. Yeah, I go. I miss the food competitions. They used to half the people would get to eat regular food, and the other half of people would be put on like oatmeal. Oh, <clears throat> they call it slop. So 
And that was always fun to watch. Um, the spelling contest. I always like that yeah. one. Otev. I guess as long as they bring Zinga, Zingbot. Yeah, and Zingbot. They have this like robot that comes and makes fun of everyone, which it's a lot happening. <laughs> so, so there's some things that you want to keep because they're good. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think what they found though is they, they take fan favorites from past seasons and they bring them on. Mm-hmm. And to help ratings, they try to protect those people for the first couple of weeks and do things they produce things along the storyline to help ensure they're out there not just gone because obviously if you're a new contestant you want to get rid of someone that's well liked or a veteran that's done well sure so they try to insulate them and i think that that's kind of the thing brad is talking about some of the stuff they do you're just like come on and that's right really just bring 20 new people on we don't need any past past people on things it's a great point Alright. I'm gonna move on. Okay. <clears throat> so with us today, we have Christy Johnson. Hi, hi. So I know you, but I don't know you. Sure. You know, so I guess I more know of you than really actually know you. So why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself? Uh, I grew up in the Detroit area. And when I graduated from high school, I went to Western Michigan University and got a job in radio in Grand Rapids. And so um, it's at a station that is now no longer exists. So that's fun. (coughs) Um, (laughs) But uh, I've been working in rock radio for better part of 20 years and decide and it took me all over the place. Started out in Grand Rapids, then went to Fort Wayne, Indiana, then Lexington, Kentucky, then Cleveland, Ohio, then Sacramento, California, which is where I was for the last nine years. And then uh, a lot of stuff started happening. My husband and I got engaged and um, we started having some health problems with his side of the family. My husband's also from Michigan. So we started to look for jobs in Michigan and we kind of had a difficult time with that. And um, Previous to that, we were looking at houses in Sacramento and we were getting there's this thing has been happening in the Bay Area in San Francisco where it's actually become more expensive to live in San Francisco than it is in New York City. And a lot of people don't know that. Well, what was happening was it was so expensive to live in San Francisco that people would um, buy houses in Sacramento and commute the 90 minutes to get to work every day. And so my husband and I were like, we're first time home buyers and we're, we're going to need a loan and stuff like that. Looking at these houses and they'd be swiped cash from under us from all these techies. And so it was, just, and I mean, we're talking grandma specials. They need a lot of work kind of thing, but they still cost over $300,000 and it was just heartbreaking. So, um, my parents were coming out to visit me for the first time <laughs> in the nine years that I lived in Sacramento. And, uh, I decided to have the conversation with them. I, you know, my parents have been working, um, running family enterprise for over 20 years. They were um, really just kind of running themselves into the ground and to see them that late in their life, um, you know, doing that was heartbreaking to me. I would call my mom at what would be seven 30 at night, my time. And it'd be 10 30 her time. And she's like, Oh yeah, I'm just going to be work, working for a couple more hours and I'm going to go to <laughs> sleep. Like, mom, it's 10 30, knock it off. 
And so um, we ha- I had a bit of a drive to get them out of that situation. So I said, hey, what do you guys think about me moving here and taking over so you can retire? And I didn't tell my mom at first. I told my dad. And my dad said, well, I don't think it's going to work. And I about fell out of my chair. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? You're supposed to be super excited right now. And uh, he's just like, he. we were in the Redwoods. And he's just pointing around like, why would you want to leave this kind of thing? And um, so we talked about it more in depth. And I explained to him, we want to be home. We want to be near you guys. We, you know, whatever. And um, and they talked about it. And they love the idea. My mom jumped on board immediately. And so uh, Scotty and I packed up our dogs and we made the trek out here. And that was two years ago. We bought a house for under a hundred thousand dollars, <laughs> just outside of the lake, you know. And just Alpena is an amazing town, and we're so so happy to be here. And you know, in working radio for the last you know twenty years or so, what I do now is we Family Enterprise is a screen printing and embroidery shop, and we also make trophies. But a lot of it is really marketing. And that's what I've done. And my husband worked for Guitar Center for over 12 years previously. So he knows the retail side. So those two things combined actually make us a pretty good team when it comes to running the shop. So um, so that's what I do for the first half of my day. And then um, the minute that I found out that Northern Lights Arena had um, – that they had invested in roller skates, I pounced. Like literally Kelly could not get rid of me. I was just like, let's go have lunch. We need to talk about this. Oh my God, you have roller skates. Let's talk. And um, I talked to her about setting up a learn how to play derby class. I was like, I just need six weeks, one night a week. She goes, how much is this going to cost me? I was like, dude, can you spring for like a whistle and a stopwatch? And she was just like, you got to be kidding me. And I said, no, I've, I've did this because I played roller derby in Cleveland and in Sacramento. And so I had, you know, I have a wealth of experience. I'm not a great player, mm-hmm. but I have enough to teach girls how to become great players. And so, um, you know, that was just the one big thing that was really missing here that that portion of my life, I missed so much. And I thought, man, if I could share this with some of the girls here, like maybe I can make some friends. <laughs> and that was really my main motivation to do it. And Kelly said, okay, we've got six weeks before um, the ice goes back down at Northern lights, have at it. And we did it. And she just made like a little Facebook invite and invited some of the girls she knew. I didn't know anybody. And, um, 24 girls showed up to that first informational meeting and I was floored in Sacramento. I was teaching these classes and like I get eight or nine girls and I was stoked about it. (laughs) So, um, and that's a place with a lot more people to pull from. So uh, once we got the operation up and running, we had 40 skaters and we divided them into two teams. And the first year we just played each other and um, it went gangbusters like this community really supported the roller derby in a way that I did not expect. And it's been <clears throat> awesome. I was, I'll be honest. I was kind of surprised too. Not that it works, just that the community got so behind it. And I don't know whether it's because you've been able to pull a lot of girls from different demographics, Sure, which I don't think hurts it, you know, but I, I in a like serendipitous, awesome kind of way, it was really cool to see it take off because it was something that, was never really, I don't think, done here before. Yeah, they had they had toyed with it, and I guess there was some creep. <laughs> I say that, and I don't know the guy. I don't know the guy, <laughs> so he was allegedly a creep. 
had um, come and cherry picked different um, skaters from different leagues around Michigan and then put on a show here. Oh, okay. is what, and it's like roller derby's coming to Albina, but it was like a one night only kind of thing. I don't know the circumstances, <laughs> but we were not affiliated with that. But that was the thing that six week class ended and the girls were like, we need to keep doing this. And I said, I don't know if you understand how much work that is. And what I told them was, Hey, I'm trying to run this business. I can't do this as a one woman show. Y'all got to pitch in and we can make it as chill or as big as we want to. And they went, they went nuts. These girls are incredibly oh. resourceful. Yeah. <laughs> That's never happened before. <laughs> we still so nice. I like it. Yes. Nice. The one time we did it, we had about a 20 minute segment happen and we lost the whole thing. Oh, <laughs> brutal. Okay. So long story short. Um, yeah, the girls, I, they're, they have, we have girls 18 to no age limit. Like if, as long as you you're medically cleared to play, you can participate. And the thing that I love the most about this sport is that you can have girls that are small, skinny, tiny, short. You can have girls that are tall, big, um, large, takes up a lot of the track and there's room on the team for everybody because we have so many different um, strategies and styles and things that we can do on the track. Everybody's valuable. And that's been a really cool overarching point that I've tried to drive home with these girls is everybody belongs here. And depending on what the other competition is doing, you can probably adjust your strategy to that. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I don't understand anything about roller derby. That's okay. I got so, my elevator pitch. I think you're going to like okay, it. Okay. So. Because it's it's kind of like hockey and NASCAR and rugby. Okay. Except there's no ball or projectile. Um, essentially, you've got two teams, and each team has one girl who scores the points. And she is signified by a star on her helmet. She's called the Jammer. And she's essentially racing – this other girl around the track and she gets one point for every person that they pass on the opposite team. So every time you pass a girl, you get a point. However, all of these girls that you're trying to pass are also trying to bludgeon you, knock you down or out. So that's the hard part is the gauntlet that you have to go through every time that you go around to get points. So it's really not that complicated, but if you don't know any of what I just said, mm -hmm. it can be very confusing to watch. Yeah. So does the star change? It, yes. So each play, for example, we, we call our plays jams. Okay. And for each jam, you usually put out a different jammer. Okay. And um, you can rotate through, you know, sometimes we play where everybody jams. Sometimes you have the girls that are designated for that position because they're so skilled at it. I think I remember maybe back in the early 90s. Late 80s. Late 80s. Like there was some stuff on TV. There was a show maybe perhaps. Yeah. And I didn't know that there was a person that runs that went around and that they got points. So I guess, and after that, after that, I was kind of lost. My sister came and saw me play for the first time. That's another great thing about being back in Michigan is like my grandma comes to all my games. <laughs> I never thought she was going to see me play. Right. And we had a game down in the Grand Rapids area the other, uh, few weeks ago. My sister came 
And she had never seen a roller derby game before. And she was just like, I'm floored by the number of referees you guys need because each of the jammers has a referee dedicated to just them alone. Then we have people watching all of the other folks in the pack. And I mean, it really, honest to God, takes a small army to do what we do. But, but the fact that people are raising their hand and say, yeah, I'll be part of that is so cool. We've got on skates refs. We've got off skates refs. We've got point scorers, penalty trackers, penalty box people, all kinds of folks. And luckily (laughs) they're sticking around throughout seasons. So twofold. I was excited about two reasons that you were coming on. The first one was I'm assuming that you have, your girls will listen to this. I hope so. Right. And then I hope some of them are single. Oh, yes. So Brad is single. So that was my first thing. <laughs> I am, we are looking, trying to find Brad a woman. I, I've heard this. Yes. Heard Maybe this. just once on here. It, it might have been mentioned. Yeah. And what happened last week is I forgot to mention it. So now I feel like I have to go out of my way to make sure <laughs> I mention it. We were so uh, enamored by Mary Beth's storytelling that I forgot to mention it. So now it's like just on the forefront of my mind. <laughs> uh, I had an 11 episode streak that I broke all in one so, and the second thing is, and I think I've told this to a couple of people, and maybe, but Allison can really skate good. Shut up. Yes. So. <laughs> what the hell? Yeah. I, Whether she refereed or, yeah, she was in figure skating for like uh, all growing up and she could do things on skates that I can only ever dream about. So that is your little bit of morsel that I will tell you on her birthday. So, And also happy birthday to my wife, Allison. Her and her twin brother's birthday today. Uh, so happy birthday to Aaron also. Today? Yep. Yesterday was my birthday. Oh, yeah. Happy birthday, birthday. Thank you. Um, okay, Allison, you're in trouble. I know that I've invited <laughs> her to come to the games before. Has she been out to? Yes. Yet? Okay. Yes. Um, she would, so much of that tr- tr- translates, mm-hmm. whether it's figure skating, whether it's jam skating, whether it's hockey. Like we've had a couple of girls um, who played women's hockey here in Alpena come and play on our teams and they're naturals. They're just, they already understand you have to be low. They already understand how to take a hit. Um, the figure skaters, they can dance circles around the other <laughs> girls and get through. Allison would love it. Yeah. Is she very aggressive? She can be. <laughs> she, uh, well, she won Dylan's club throw. The female somehow threw a golf club. Um, the, our buddy Dylan Wells had a golf outing. Yeah, two weeks we did ago. their t-shirts. Yep, he had a club throwing contest, and whoever threw the club the farthest, and she <laughs> somehow won it. Had a girl. We're thinking it was all the pent up anger she has of um, being married to me. That was the only thing they don't want I could figure <laughs> out. I think there's more to it. Uh, there could be. I'm not just going to place all the blame on you. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So um, yeah, she just yeah, she can skate. I told her and um. I know she was nervous about, you know, I don't know if she liked the idea of getting necessarily knocked around, but I know you need referees too. So like, I was sure. like, you could do that. So. Oh, there's so, there's so many, so many things that we can do because you know, everybody, everybody that's involved with the league also has a busy life. Most of the girls that I skate with are moms. So they have a ton of responsibilities on top of trying to make practice twice a week to be at their teams and not, they can't always travel with us. We have a really, really intense travel schedule this year. We've gone to, to the UP once already. We're going back next month. Um, we're going all the way downstate. We're pretty much going from Wisconsin to Ohio and back again, um, and which is fine. We love it. We're, we're kind of doing, and Mary Beth will love this, um, we're kind of doing Alpina's PR tour mm-hmm. as far as roller derby goes so that I can start pulling more teams to come here and we can have more home games. That's 
Awesome. Um, I remember one thing that from back in the ACC days, <laughs> um, that when college teams used to love coming up to Alpena Community College because there was actually fans that came to the games and mm. cheered. It was like people cared. It was a for yeah. lack of a better term. Um, is that how it is with other places you go, or is the roller derby community pretty large in all these other places as well? Okay. I am definitely not talking trash here. <laughs> I hope people understand this, but Alpina has hands down one of the biggest roller derby audiences in Michigan from what I've seen. And that's the thing I keep trying to drive home with my girls is, um, Hey, you have to promote that we're having these games or else they're going to be like these games that we're traveling to where there's 50 people and we brought half of them. Right. You know what I mean? Um, I was stunned at how few people were at our game down near Grand Rapids and, um, and, and just about anywhere we went, we went um, to mid Michigan. Oh crap. Where are they located? I don't even remember, but um, Flint ish area. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it was Cricketsville. I I was just like, did these girls' family even show up? <laughs> like, what is happening here? Um, whereas we've got, you know, we had over 650 people show up to our home opener, which was amazing. I heard you at standing room only. Oh, it was it was beautiful. <clears throat> yeah. um, our VIP um, area, we have a VIP area where it's a private bar and you get catered food. And, like, we've got the Unlucky Cat Cafe, that new um, – um, I was going to say truck stuff. Food, <laughs> truck. food truck yeah. <laughs> coming out. Those guys are awesome. And I mean, it's, it's just, it's such a cool, fun time. And, um, and I want it to stay that way. Mm -hmm. I want teams to come out and go, Oh my gosh. Like um, we actually have an announcer from Grand Raggedy roller derby, um, which is a nationally competing team um, coming out just to announce our game this time, because he wants to, he's from Alpena and he wants to see for himself, like what is happening here? Yeah. What are these girls doing that we can't pull these kind of numbers where there's more people available, mm -hmm. you know, and that kind of thing. So. I'm always amazed that because we've done things, Brian and I, how Alpena will get behind. And I don't know if it's just me because we are such a small community. So when something new like that and people want to support it, they go or, if we just really kick ass, I don't, maybe a combination of the two. I don't know. I've been chalking our success up to, because we're not a great roller derby team. You know, we're, <laughs> we're just getting started. Um, but we kind of run our events like a three ring circus. We have um, halftime act and we have different like face painting with the kids and we have like all kind and sign making and we have we involve an organization, a charitable organization, every single game that um, does a little bit of fundraising. They do like a 50-50 and then they'll do what we call pass the skate. And so they'll walk through the crowd and they'll, it's kind of like the fireman boot mm -hmm. thing, but we do a roller skate and people toss in money. And it's just a great way to get other parts and portions of the community involved. And so um, this time around, we're going to have a cheer squad. Is coming out all different age levels. They're going to all perform there, and they've been performing like in state competitions. That's We've awesome. got a kick-ass cheer team here in Alpena. <laughs> Who knew? You know, that's awesome. So. I know. I think I'm good. I think we're doing firework fundraising. Yes, yes, for the chamber. Our last push. We're only like, you know, really close. So hopefully that'll be the event that we can kind of raise some money and push us over the top. Yeah, so. I was telling Ashley today, bring the bracelets because those who haven't had a chance to purchase one yet can get one there. Or and or a raffle ticket and or do the pass the skate. I think you guys stand to make a lot of money because people want to see a good display this year. Yeah, it's always weird. We talked a little bit about it last time, and I don't want to get too bad into it, but <clears throat> I'm always amazed at how 
I don't want to say people procrastinate with it, but you know, it's just like we need whatever we raise is what we put on, you know. So it's just, and of course, there's always a deadline of turning the money in to buy the fireworks that we have. So, right. yeah, it'll be nice. It'll be a great time. Yeah. So our theme is um, scars and stripes. Oh, nice. <laughs> so it all ties together. It's going to be such a good time. So now, did you, did you have both Alpina teams competing this weekend? Uh, no, we've actually. If, we, we've formed what we call the uh, Shipwreck Alley All-Stars. Okay. And so we'll be playing against a team um, from Midland called the Chemical City Derby Girls. And the cool storyline here is one of the girls that used to skate for us when we first formed, um, her name's Megan Gass. She goes by the name Unicorn Queen. And she moved down to Bay City, and now she skates with this team. Oh, that's So fun. now she's coming to face her old team, Ooh. and we're going to kick that for living. Poop out of her. Yes. Sure. <laughs> I know Megan. So. She's fun. Knock her around. She's fun. She's hilarious, though, because she uh, pulled this move. We are at a, um, a state tournament last year, and which we placed third in, by the way. Nice. Uh, the Great Lakes Classic. And she was jamming. She's, so she's the point scorer, and she's about to come through. And all of a sudden, in this like heavy death metal voice, she just screams, "Part the seas!" <laughs> and the other girls like freaked out. They didn't know what to do, but we knew exactly what they're saying. Boom! We just cleared them. It was so awesome. That's awesome. So yeah, hopefully you guys will get to see a little bit of that this weekend. Hopefully. What time does it start? How much is it to get in? Six bucks. That has been a big big, not point of contention, but uh, focus for me is making sure that we kept it affordable. Yes. So you could take out a big family or, you know, have a pretty decent date night. So um, it's six bucks to get in. It's uh, doors open at six. First whistle is at seven. And uh, it usually goes until about nine or 10, but then we have a kick-ass after party at the Fresh Palette afterwards. And we've got music and dancing and we give our MVP awards away and we cause a lot of ruckus. Now, does the um, your competition go to that after party? Too? Oh, yeah. That's the cool thing. Like, we get out there, and for 60 minutes, we beat the living hell out of each other. But then afterwards, it's all left on the track, and you go and you have a beer together. And the sportswomanship is just really cool. That's awesome. Yeah. So um, do we want to talk maybe about some of your teammates? Sure. Yeah, let's do that. Um, I know – the girl that does my hair, I believe, Lane. Lane, yeah. Yes. So she I does know, my hair too. Yeah, I know Lane's involved. Um, <laughs> she's our team captain. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's excellent. Yeah, she's amazing. She is such a calm presence. She's not currently skating because she um, has an injury that she's contending with. But she has been, the, she's just so cool, so calm, so collected. And she's not one of those people that needs to raise their voice in order to be heard. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And so... Um, if a girl is out there and she's freaking out, like somebody punched me and this wasn't supposed to happen and oh my God, and starts losing it. She's just like centers them. Yeah. Hey, breathe like this, breathe like this. <laughs> she's pulled that on me a few times yeah. and uh, everybody just falls back into place and she keeps calm. She has like, like almost like a quiet gravity about her where it's just like, she is very chill and she's incredible. Yeah. yeah. She's incredible. She actually um, just brought cupcakes to practice tonight my birthday which is really sweet that's awesome i love her to death yeah for i mean she a lot of people always ask me because for a while there the, the longer hair you know it's kind of tussled around and everyone always wanted to know who did my hair and i was told it was lane so oh yeah 
but I like to wear a hat and just the length. You should try the blue. It's a good look. Yeah, that's probably not going to happen. So <laughs> Lane and I did try something and it didn't go over well with um, for whatever reason. So I went, <laughs> we'll just leave it at that. So, yeah. Who else do you know? Uh, My girls. I think, well, is Tracy St. Charles still well? Uh, yes. Okay. She's our general manager. All right. She's a large part in to why this has been as successful as it has awesome. been. She is a boss when it comes to organizing things. And uh, so much so that I begged her to come and work for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Tracy and I went to high school together. Oh, okay. So, yeah. That's how I know Tracy. She's actually Red Zeppelin. Nice. Thank you. <laughs> That's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. She's awesome. Um, and her daughter now plays with her. Oh, really? Yeah. Her daughter just joined the team this year and she um, goes by L Break Your Bones. Oh. And it's just the coolest thing to see them play together. Yes. But I always have to pair them together because if they're on the track at different, like if Leah's out in the, in the pack, her mom's attention is on Leah. Like, you know, she's hyper-focused to make sure that she's not getting hurt. So I like to put her out there so she can help protect her. Not that she needs protecting. No. She's strong. It's just being a parent. Yeah, 100%. You know I mean? Yes. 100%. Um, Tammy Thompson? Oh, Sly. She, okay, she goes by the name of Sly Ash Kitty. Okay. And she just uh, made Team Michigan. So they ha they have what they call... Team Michigan tryouts where any of anybody who plays for any team in Michigan can try out for this team. And it's like a mega team that practices together. And then they'll go play team Wisconsin, team Illinois, whatever oh, wow. the case may be for a second year skater making that. And she just played her first game on team Michigan and she was one of their jammers. She was their second line jammer, which is a huge accomplishment. And uh, one of the things she said is like, you know, when she was little or younger rather, um, one of her coaches told her that she, you know, she didn't have enough meat on her bones to be able to play. And she was just like, look at me now. <laughs> so that's pretty cool. That story. is. Um, long time ago. The only reason I know Tammy is a long time ago. Um, Bayview was reconstructed. Um, the courts used to go east to west, not north to south like they do now. And for that summer, while they were being rebuilt, everyone moved over to Lincoln High School, uh, Lincoln um, Elementary School to play mm -hmm. basketball off there. And then there, so there was a group, a contingency of kids that played at that park. And there was a group of kids that played at the baby park. And then that summer, we kind of got to know them. So she, that's how I knew her from back way back then. So we're talking high schoolish time too there. So yeah, I don't know. I think those those are the main girls I know that I've seen. Kim Montague played last year. She played last year. And, okay, so in August, we do the Learn to Play Derby class again. Mm -hmm. So if there's anybody who wants to join the team, it's kind of like a boot camp to get you ramped up so that you can start playing. And at the very end, the very last class, we have your first scrimmage. And one of the things I like to do is team up a veteran with, and it's funny that we're called veterans if we're in our second year, <laughs> but you team up a veteran with a newbie. Actually, we call them the newbies fresh meat. And uh, so you team up the vet with the fresh meat and they go out together. So every time that they're in a jam, they have this familiar face who's going to tell them what they should be doing. And uh, Kim Kimikaze was, uh, she was out there skating and um, took a nasty fall and she busted her knee. So she's working on getting that back together. And I think she's going to ref for us next year. Tom's girlfriend. So. Oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> Yeah, so you do know her. Yes. <laughs> well, She's cool. 
Yes, she's very good. much she's so. a lot of fun. I like her a lot. And Tom's one of our oh, close friends. He was in our inner circle, or we were in his inner circle. I guess I don't know how you want to classify it. <laughs> there were inner circles happening. Yes, we were in the circle of trust. Circle of trust. But that's a, the other cool thing that that I really like about our sport and just just our team. You know, it's this group of girls. Like that, that's the the thing that I didn't expect to come out of all this is I feel like I've really found my tribe. And in a very short period of time, you know, I just got to Alpina, but I remember talking to Tracy St. Charles and Megan and uh, Alicia Dietz and, um, and Amber Krasinski. And it's, it's saying, I can't believe you guys weren't at my wedding. Like, I feel <laughs> like I've known you my entire life. And funny thing is I got married in, over in Hillman, oh. um, over at Jack's Landing. We rented out the campground. It was gorgeous. And, um, Two years later, here we are. That's awesome. Yeah. So one more time. This Saturday. This Saturday, Northern Lights Arena. Tickets are available at shipwreckgalleyrollers.com. You can get them at, God, you can get them at Bob's Bullpen. You can get them at Family Enterprise. You can get them uh, all over town. Check our website and it'll tell you. Um, The Chamber has them. And, uh, yeah, six bucks. First whistle's at seven. Get there early. Parking can be a nightmare if you don't plan ahead. Yeah. Um, are there VIP tickets still available? VIP tickets are still available. I don't know if they will be available when this podcast comes out, so make sure you check them at shipwreckalleyrollers.com. And then um, will they be available at the door? Uh, tickets will be available at the door unless we sell out, but that's like 1,200 people. <laughs> what a great problem to have. But yes, I would love to turn away <laughs> some folks and their money. But you know what? Hey, standing room only, there's nothing wrong with that. Awesome. Yeah, it will be a good time. Anything else? That's all I got. Thanks for having me. Oh, no problem. We got our next segment. I'm oh. sure we'll go a little yes, wise. So. <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> All right. Now we're on to our top five list. Five that's live. And this week it is... Our top five regrets in our 20s or 30s. Oh, we had a 30. Well, it's because I got one. Well, I kind of got one now. So, but I mean, you'll figure it out when I get to it. I want to mention <laughs> <laughs> that Steve and me up and he's like, start thinking about top five lists. And this is like my favorite thing to do. <laughs> so I was just like, oh, I got to do a good one. What's gonna, What am I going to do that's not going to suck? And then I, I thought of this and I started laughing so hard that I, I was just like, I, I got to pitch this and see if they like it. And so what it originally was, was the top five dumbest things we did in our 20s. Oh, okay. But regrets, we can, we can work with that. Yeah. It's pretty much the same thing. Yeah. Let's be honest. Sort of, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I consider mine. Well, I guess it's dumb, but yeah, they kind of fall in the same category. Yeah. All right. I'll start it off. My number five is not traveling more. In basketball? No. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I probably should have started that. No. Just traveling around the country, the world. Just didn't have the money. Okay. Then tell me where you, if you could, if you could. Somebody packed a bag for you, and you go tomorrow in the States. Where do you want to go? In the States. I've always wanted to go to California or someplace on the West Coast. Northern California is where it's at. 
<laughs> I want to visit Northern California, but I don't think I can afford Northern California. Well, to visit, it wouldn't be too bad. Like Napa, I mean, it's it's pretty expensive, but it's not like super crazy outrageous. Now, yeah. buying property is a totally different yeah. scenario. I just really prefer Northern California because if you get like super up north, Northern California gets a little rednecky, which nobody like really realizes. <laughs> um, but Southern California, I just there's there's everything's just built on top of each other and i just it's just too much the the traffic alone is just a nightmare but what about um internationally where would you go i've always wanted to go to africa oh yeah always wanted to go on a safari and see the animals it's my dream thing to do okay and i just a guy i sort of work with we work for the same company but he works for a different company within our companies. I work for Omni, so there's yeah. a bunch of companies underneath Omni. And he just went to Africa to do a hunting thing. And he said it was ten thousand dollars for eight days or something. So Yeah, that's a brutal price tag, but once in a lifetime opportunity. Yeah. If you go visit with Ellen and go save the apes. I would, but I don't like Ellen. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> That little girl in that commercial. She just turned me off. Oh, my gosh. So we got to find you a girl who likes to travel. Yes. Okay. Ooh. Travel agents. You can email. <laughs> or just the girl that wants to travel. Yeah, there you go. But, At gmail.com? Oh, my gosh. Yes. <laughs> There's nothing more that I want. I, sometimes when I think about you with a girlfriend, I get so excited. I actually just... <laughs> I came in to focus. So I need to focus on my list. Number five for me, um, I was a manager of Foot Locker. I went through the training program and I was a manager and there was a whole bunch of things going on in my life. Um, my ex-wife at the time, we had my firstborn and then we had a secondborn when we were down in Adrian, Michigan. And um, I was doing really well. And then they started moving me all around Michigan. And I was like helping restore, like they were doing makeovers for these stores. And I would go there and make sure that they looked the way they were supposed to look. And there was me and two other guys and we travel all over the state of Michigan. And I did that from like 98 to 2000 ish through the Y2K mess. <clears throat> and then I did well enough that they said, okay, so you have to, you have two choices. You can either move to Indianapolis, Chicago or New York. And cause I was from Alpena at the time. Then when I went downstate through some tra- training through Saginaw and Flint, and then I had my own store in Adrian, and they did well enough, and they liked well enough. They're like, we want to promote you, but you have to choose one of the three big markets because we want you to get into these bigger markets. Wow. And I was like, holy cow, like I'm young, and I have two babies, and I've never – just even being in Detroit, trying to drive through Detroit after living in Alpena, so I quit. Wow. And then I went to work for GM because there was a factory in town. There was a, a GM subsidiary company in town. And they were hiring. I was like, well, cheat, you know, I mean, that's great money. So that's what I did. <clears throat> so that's, I didn't take that leap of faith. So that qualifies. I would give you that as my number five. Okay. So, okay. I mean, I don't necessarily regret it. You know, it's, it's my fifth one. I don't have a lot of regrets in this cycle here. Like I said, <laughs> most of my mistakes seem to happen in my thirties, but here or there. Yeah. Well, what do you think that that was? that that was about was it like nerves or do you think it was like maybe a little bit of a self-conscious oh i think i lacked self-confidence oh sure 100 percent. even though obviously yeah obviously they felt you know i was ready because they wouldn't have offered it to me but um i think there was just 
so much going on for me at that age, you know? Sure. And, and but it, you know, what's funny is the p- friends I've made, a couple of them friends, Eric Wilson, Mike Bates, Jay Campbell, those guys that can work for me, even now we stay in touch. It's kind of crazy how you get to that group of people in your life and kind of stay in touch with them. So yeah, so that's my five or fifth one. Mine's going to seem pretty, uh, <laughs> pretty lame in comparison. My, um, the, my fifth is, uh, skipping Lollapalooza the year that Nirvana was headlining mm-hmm. because I was going to see him next year. <sighs> yeah. And then like bang, bang, that didn't happen. I have a very kind of similar. I have a wow, zing. I have one similar to that coming up. I think it's probably my next one, actually. So no, but that I remember. I literally remember thinking that to myself is like, I'll catch them when they tour next year. And Utero just came out. It'll be fine. What a bad idea. That hurts. All right, my number four is not looking harder for a job while being unemployed for over a year. <laughs> that is just honest. That is so honest. I was lazy. But was this but the period when course, you were down at downstate too? No. No. Okay. No, just this was when the market crashed. Yes. Okay. So it was, was kind of hard to find yeah, a job. And you're, I was saying, in your defense at that time, there wasn't exactly a lot going on. So. So Yeah. That's the friend in me. <laughs> that's the friend in me enabling or whatever we're going to do here. I'm like, no, it's okay. Um, number four for me. So in September of 2003, I was working at Family Video with Matt Mashinsky. And on September 23rd, Matt and I saw somehow on the internet, I think it was like an email, that Dave Matthews Band was playing in Central Park for free. And all you had to do was just drive your butt there and you got into the park and you could see him. And that day we were like, we should go. <clears throat> Let's do it. And, uh, you know, I'm, Admittedly, I was back here and I didn't have a lot of money. And going to New York seemed like really intimidating to me at the time. And I was just like, I don't think we should do it. He's like, you're probably right. And that still haunts us to this day. We talk about it all the time. See, that sounds like, in theory, it sounds like a really good idea. And then, but it sounds like a scam. You (laughs) know, like you're going to get to New York and then you're all going to get robbed. Yeah. Or something horrible like that. And then, <clears throat> lo and behold, way in the back, and I'd be able well, to. Well, and that's okay. We watched that. We, that concert came out on a DVD, and I, it's my favorite Dave Matthews Band live album. And I'd listen to that album more than any album. You have better seats than watching a DVD. Oh, well, that is true. <laughs> and think of the money I saved. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah. But you would have probably paid that money oh, in yeah. order to see that show yeah. to begin with. Yeah. yeah. That's tough. Um, my number four is spending my money on clothes and makeup instead of investing in Apple back <laughs> after I graduated. Oh, geez, Can oh, you geez. imagine if you just took the graduation money that you got and threw it at investing in Apple back in the day before the iPhones, before all of this equipment, beautiful equipment that we've got here. I mean, we'd be sitting pretty. Oh, yeah. You guys would have microphones. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God. Salt in the wound. Yeah. I'm just busting your balls. As you should. We deserve that. It's fine. All right. Number three is not working out more and eating better. It's just a slob back in my 20s. Not proud of it. (laughs) I think we all kind of were. I was pretty bad. Yeah? Are you in better shape now? Oh, yeah. Oh, he's a machine now. 
260 pounds back then. Really? Yes. Huh. Gone through a drastic change in the last six years. Okay. Did you have, like... Okay, I'm very curious about this. So did you have, um, like, any kind of health issues, like knee problems or anything that came from carrying? You, you, your frame doesn't look like you could carry that much weight. Uh, it was aches and pains from being fat. Other than that, no. Okay. Pretty healthy. Wow. He's burying his soul in his top five. These, um... I was lazy. You should know that, like... I didn't look for a job. I remember one. Don't worry. These all <laughs> get sad. Some of these. Oh, no. But it's okay. I mean, I guess I didn't know what to do with it. I was just honest, and it sounds like you were too. So <laughs> number three for me, though, is an easy one. It's the one I cheated on. So my number top, it's, it's a regret I even have to this day, is I don't take my camera with me. So I know that sounds really silly, but I'm, and it feels silly because I was telling Allison, she laughed at me when I said this, I feel like I always have my camera with me. But every time I don't have my camera with me, I go, I wish I had my camera with me. Mm. And the perfect example is a Saturday night, we're going out to Allison's parents for a bonfire. And I've been wanting to shoot a sunset with a red sky all summer long because Art and Loft has a juried exhibit coming up oh. in July that's red. That's uh, like, it has to do with red. 50% of the picture has to be red. So there's a red barn out by Allison's parents that I want to take a picture with, with a red sunset. And I've been waiting to do this all summer long. And the one flipping time I don't take my camera out there, <laughs> I'm sitting there in the bench or in that chair, and I'm looking out and watching the sunset, and the sky turns red. I could, I was just pissed. Now, are you talking about, like, a legitimate camera? Yeah, it's right. Okay, okay so not your phone. No. Because that's how it, most people think of yes. when you say camera. And I always have my phone on me, but, like, to be able to blow it up and do what I need to do with sure. it. Yeah, and I tend to do a good job of keeping it with me for the most part, just in case something happens where I'm like, oh, my God, because that's happened to me so much in my life. Or, oh, my God, I wish I had a camera. I can't tell you how many times I've said that. So that's – but that's my only one. Everything else is in my 20s. So. <laughs> well, you're the one who said it was in your – most of it was in your 30s. Well, that, I, <laughs> the other ones aren't very fun. <laughs> oh well, they're just sad sounding. They're, de they're they're just, but they're honest. So, okay. So, are you going out taking pictures tonight? I don't know. Is it supposed to be clear? Yeah. It's not as humid. Humidity is tough for night. I do want to get a picture of <clears throat> some moon stuff, but I don't know. We'll see. Just yeah, seem to be going out after. That's a new moon. Each new moon, I go out. So every new moon, which is tends to be right in the teens, early teens, I go out. I don't know. I just can't stop it now. You're addicted. It's going to be so, mental health disorders. <laughs> yeah. WHO will make it that way. <laughs> okay. My number three, um, and Michelle McEwen's going to hate me for this. Uh, I did not get Justin Timberlake's autograph. Ooh. And it's for the worst reason ever. So when I was at the first radio station, like professional radio station I ever had a job at was in Kalamazoo and it was WKFR. They're still in business. And uh, it was great music. No, yeah. Great music, free money and a whole lot of fun. Like not really my jam, mm -hmm. but it was my first radio job. So like I played the part, right? Um, and so we played all the boy bands. And back then it was all Britney Spears, Backstreet Boys, blah, blah, blah. And there's this little new group called InSync 
who was playing at, it was in Battle Creek at some like pavilion where they had a lot of stuff going on for kids, like volleyball courts and go-kart races and, you know, stuff like that. So this, so we gave away all the tickets to the show. They weren't even able to be purchased. We gave them all away. And I remember, you know, it's my first job. So they gave me the crappy job of one door opens and 1200 kids run towards me and I have to take tickets. And so we stuck around for the performance because we had a meet and greet afterwards. And I remember watching them perform and thinking, how are they singing? They're dancing so hard. Mm-hmm. Like they, they are really very talented. Not my thing, but wow, these guys are, are pretty good at what they do. And um, so afterwards we have this, this meet and greet and all of the, the listeners are coming through and saying hi to the band and everything. And my boss is handing out CDs to each of us. Um, to have signed and he goes to give me one and I was like, ah, I'm good because I was too cool for the room at the time. Right. You know, I was like, this is not my thing. But the girl that I, I drove there with who I worked with um, was like, oh, hell yes, I'm getting their autograph. And so I'm walking through the line with her. And I remember um, when we got to Justin, he was signing his name and it's really intricate. Like it's really beautiful signature. And I remember saying to him, Oh, what, you practice that at home? And he just, without being unsettled at all whatsoever, just looked at me and smiled with those big pearly teeth and just said, I always knew I'd be famous one day. <laughs> but like in a really charming, disarming way to where I was just like, wow, I'm a jerk, <laughs> you know? And, um, and the best part of that is I have a picture of this. Um, of us all together in a group photo, everybody from the radio station and InSync. And um, Lance Bass had his hand on my shoulder. And I remember on the way home telling the girl that I came there with that he was hitting on me. <laughs> Called that oh, one wrong. Oh. But um, had I gotten that first album signed by the entire band, I could have probably paid off some student debt. Yeah. Like, seriously, what a Move Especially when they were at the peak. Oh yeah! Some girl would have paid. Dad, I need two thousand dollars. Oh, oh, that's tough. Regrets. I have a few. That's what they are. All right. Number two is not looking for a job right out of college. So you were like, "I'm done," and then you just chilled, or what? Something like that. I thought I'd. You're gonna backpack across Alpena <laughs> County? <laughs> no. I... Thought I'd get a small job here, save money, and then move somewhere. But it didn't work out that way. Mm. So it's just sort of wonder what my life would have been like if I would have gone right out of college. Like went to the job fairs and all that stuff. Yeah. It, you know, so I don't think that's done. <clears throat> um, I think probably a lot of people, that's probably a common thing. I think a lot of people do different, and vice versa too. Like, I'm sure some people, you know, hit the job fairs right out of graduation, went to work right away hardcore and probably felt, man, I wish I would maybe just taken a breath after college and kind of did what you did. So it probably swings both ways. Yeah. It's a regret. Yeah. Well, yeah. All right. Number two is not pretty for me. So, no. so it's kind of sad, but it's what it is. The both of them. Next one is my number one all time regret. You might know, or at least heard me say it, but this one is: I wish I would have spent more time with my mom. So in my twenties, my mom was healthy. 
and she was around and she was doing things and you know, when you're 20 years old, so you just don't think like that. Just like, sure. she, just like you realized when you were out there, you're like, my family's starting to get sick. I need to come home. Right. You don't think like that at the, at the time. No. Of course, no, no, of course, when I was in my 30s, my mom um, had, was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. And then she started, her health started declining. So she was able to do less and less until she sure. just passed a couple of years ago. So I look back at that and all the things that my mom used to do when I was 20, I was like, you are wasting your time. Why are you going to visit that state park or whatever crazy stuff she would do? Like she liked to go and visit um, Indian places like Indian reservations or stores. And I'd be like, Oh my God, what are you doing? Yeah. You're a white girl. Quit doing that. They're probably like, look at this lady who's buying all her stuff. Sucker. But um, yeah, I just, you know, that's what it is. See, in my twenties, I probably have no interest in that, but like, now listening to them like yeah that sounds rad I would totally <laughs> yeah, do that. I know, isn't that and of course that's that's the other side is now i love going to state parks so sure um yeah but when i was 20 i was like huh. and it didn't help i had three kids i was chasing around and all that stuff too so sure um uh, my my number two is pretty depressing as well um one of my all-time regrets is drinking and driving <sighs> i did it in my 20s it was a horrible idea I encourage everyone to, especially here, oh my gosh, it's so affordable to take a cab. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing. And honestly, no matter where you are, you should be able to walk home. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, it, if it's really, really bad. But um, but yeah, just, I mean, the blind stupidity, the, the, the fearlessness, the thing, you know, thinking that we're invincible. You know, those are things that we... Those are experiences that we just, we, we can't take back, but, um, man, have I grown and learned from that. Yeah. All right. Number one. Ooh, I'm interested. Letting the girl I was dating go because I was scared. Oh, <laughs> oh Brad, you're killing me. <laughs> All right. Yeah. That's good. You've rendered Steve speechless, so that's well, powerful. Yeah, well, I've known Brad a long time, so I've, I've been with Brad through these moments. So to hear him talk about it, just like probably some of the stuff that I haven't talked about, he's been through it with me. So you can understand why I said that about my mom. And it's tough to hear it, you know, because we are best friends for a reason. So Sure. Yeah. All I can tell you is it's when it's meant to be, it's going to be meant to be. It's all just part of this amazing thing that's going to happen. I am going to literally shit my pants when it does. I promise you. Sober <laughs> independence. Yeah, I, I, I will go happily pick up the package and have it on me the whole day. Is it going to be uncomfortable if I ask you questions about it? We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, what do you think was was part of that? Was it was it because it was getting too serious? That was part of it. Yeah. I was had plans to move down to Ann Arbor later in the year. It was just something new coming in. It was like, this is going to mess up my plans. Oh. So I was being selfish. Oh, so damn. Yeah. And you were also a different person at that time, too. I think you were, you've become much more confident now. And I'm sure some people are probably chuckled at that because you're so quiet and reserved and everything that goes along with that. But to see you now compared to how you were back then, I mean, if people think you were quiet now. They, they should have met you. Worse. Yeah, yeah. The ten years, it was like, you know, you get to talk was actually just pulling teeth. Yeah. This is a huge step. I don't know if people even understand this. Like, <laughs> out of my yeah, this is like night and day. I mean, like for me, so. Yeah. Are you I mean, having fun doing it? Oh yeah, I look oh. forward to this each week. Awesome. 
Yeah. Good. He loves it, which helps me out because sometimes I'm like, but I know how much he loves it, which again makes me excited. Sure. And I'm sure there might be a time or two where it's like, oh, these people are coming over to my house. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I don't know. Like you didn't have to do the dishes because that was coming over. Oh, I was going to do it. Okay. Okay. I like that you did them by hand, even though you had a dishwasher. My husband does that. I don't have enough dishes to put in the dishwasher. I love it though. I st- we don't have a dishwasher, so they'll do it by hand. I do the dishes at our house. So that is what it is. All right, my number one regret, you might know it, or at least you probably heard me talk about it. So after I worked at, at the GM subsidiary company, uh, the auto market crashed and I got laid off. So then we moved back home. I had two years I could have collected unemployment. And I, so I was unemployed, and I was, we were living here. And my ex-wife started working somewhere, I think it was at Neiman's, and I was a stay-at-home dad. And getting paid like an excessive amount of money, like more than I should have ever been able to get from unemployment. But, you know, I was laid off from GM. And at the time, her, that family didn't like the idea that it wasn't working. Mm. So they pressured me into working. Like, and it's the biggest regret I have because I had time with my my daughter who was relatively just born. Mm. She was less than a year old and my son would have been three at the time. And I got to hang out with them every day. And we went to baby, we would go to, we would rotate parks around here each morning. I would, you know, we would get up each morning and make them breakfast. We'd go to a park, we'd play. And then I got over and we'd take a nap. And then and I was still getting paid. And I could have done that for two years. And yeah. I did it for, I think, six weeks. Wow. And I think of all the time where all the knowledge I look at, because I miss so much because, you know, just life happened. But um, oh, I regret that so much to be able to, I don't know. Especially once they start school, you know, because when they're young, you know, I was, you, you understand. So, like, just when they're young and everything like that, you just want them there more and you miss so much. And I mean, I miss so much with my youngest. Um, and then it's just tough, you know, you just, it, it definitely sucks. It goes by in a blink of an eye. I mean, yeah. they, they, they don't stay babies. No. Oh, that's a killer. Yeah. But it is what it is. That's why I tell friends, like, anytime I have friends with the kids, I'm like, Dude, enjoy it when they're little. Because once they start school, it kind of just takes off on its own. They start getting involved in things. And um, you just it's like a machine that almost chews your life up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and, um, but when they're little, that you have the four years where you can kind of be around them and everything's cool. And then, of course, you know, you go through the cycle after a while where I don't want to listen to you. I hate you. Mm. You know, you're, I'm too cool. I have everything. Yeah, I had a um, one of my coworkers said – Hey, I have this opportunity to chaperone my son's um, field trip. I want to do this while he still wants me around. Yeah. And I was like, I get that. Go do that. <laughs> my daughter and I, we've been through it all. So, I mean, she's at the point where at least she's talking to me again and everything like that. So, it's all downhill from here. And, yeah. and downhill in a good way. Yeah. Does, oh, that, yeah. does that make any sense? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's an easier. Yeah. <laughs> Because yeah. now you guys can be pals. Yeah. We, I made it through the teenage years. It actually started before teenage years. Like, I don't know. My daughter's been in such a rush to grow up. I, even now, I still tell her I wish her she would be more of a 20-year-old that she is. But Oh, yeah. The minute that a young lady turns 12, yeah, they sprout devil horns. Mm. <laughs> I know. I had yeah. some. <laughs> <laughs> All right. My number one regret. <laughs> number one dumbest thing I ever did in my 20s was becoming a Cleveland Browns fan. Oh, I was wondering about that on your Jeep. <laughs> it's the most toxic relationship I've ever been in. I get nothing out of it. 
It's expensive. It's heartbreaking. I just want a team that's watchable. They won't even give me that. It's just a, it's just a real drag, honestly. When Rick was, Rick's a Cleveland Browns fan. Yes. I mean, we've had like a lot of Cleveland Browns fans on our podcast for some reason. I don't know how this is happening. <laughs> no, as I think I've told you, the Jacobsons like the Browns. I mean, my cousins and my uncle, they do. So I feel your pain. It's, I mean, it's brutal. They, uh, they give us nothing. Um, and it, the funny thing is my husband is just the ultimate optimist. Every year as we're creeping closer to football season, he's telling me all the ways that they're doing the right things. And, you know, we had a huge draft this year, which I don't really necessarily agree with some of the moves they made, but it was, you know, everything's always, ah, you know, this year we could do something. And I, I think he's finally been beaten down to the point where he's like, okay, Okay, a little more realistic, but it's I. He, he keeps telling me, but Christy, the year that it all changes and that you know they they make it to the Super mm-hmm. Bowl or God, we can't even make it to the playoffs. Yeah. You know, he's like, it's going to be so incredible. The last, I think, the best season that we've had that I witnessed, we went ten and six. I mean, nothing to brag about. I'm trying to think if I remember that year. I think that was 2006, if I'm not mistaken. Wow. It's been a long time. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, the good news, if you're a Cleveland Browns fan, is they can't go anywhere but up <laughs> after last year. So you were 0-16. That's right. You didn't win a game. She's talking to two people who have gone through yeah, it. We, as two yeah, as yeah. two Lions fans, we've gone through a, a win of the season. Um, and I think you did. You did have a really good draft. And I think, I think the most important part for – any team is for their GM to have a vision of where they can see their team being or becoming. And I think your GM has that. Yeah. So I think it might not happen this year, but you win two or three games and then all of a sudden there have been teams that go seven to nine to get in the playoffs. So you yeah. know, it's just, you get two or three wins and then all of a sudden you, the ball bounces the right way for you and you're in the playoffs. And I just want to be excited about football again. Like at this point it's like, okay, I've got direct TV so I can get all the Browns games. Like why, <laughs> why, why do I do this to myself every week? Yeah. We're, I kept light track of Jabril because he is a Michigan guy. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, nothing like crazy, but enough to just see what he was doing. And it's just, Braylon, Braylon didn't work out. But Braylon Edwards. Is, <sighs> I had a Braylon Edwards jersey. Braylon Edwards is my favorite Cleveland Brown of all time. <laughs> So I was wearing it like my job for the Cleveland Browns radio network. And that's how I became a fan was overexposure. Um, but my job was to go to the lots, the Muni lots where they would party before the games. And um, <laughs> that got me in a lot of trouble, but um, I would go there and uh, I was wearing a Braylon Edwards Jersey and he was 17 and some drunk guy just rolled up to me and he's like, Brian Sype. <laughs> Oh my God! You don't even know what's going on with the team this year. So maybe you can confirm. Supposedly, the reason Braylon Edwards is my favorite Cleveland Brown. Supposedly, when he got to Cleveland, he got in a fight with LeBron James. Is that true? Not to my knowledge. Oh. I would have heard about that. I heard that he got there and they were at no. the same club. No, there's no way. 
there's no way they kind of accord each other together. Like they, they the the yeah. teams are all. If you've never been to Cleveland, the cool part is they have um, their stadium and their uh, ballpark and the um, place where the Cavs play the cube. Mm-hmm. It's all in the same area, yeah. and so the the teams um, are not trying to vie for their piece of the pie. They all just kind of you know go hand arm in arm. Well, that's the reason. I like the idea of him. That's a, but he's so much smaller than LeBron James. He would have Which makes it even more, better, more better. <laughs> <clears throat> so it has nothing to do really with absolutely how terrible he played in the NFL. Although he had a decent had year. Yeah. I mean, LeBron James has shoulders like bowling balls. Yeah. I mean, that guy is just caught. I mean, I can't say anything bad about him because he is the, the greatest basketball player I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. As much as a pain, they say that every time. <laughs> don't say it. I don't. I've only said it like twice on here. So <laughs> the other time was last week with Mary Beth. So no, you said it with Griffin. Oh, yeah, <laughs> we did. We talked about Sean Kemp. Yeah. So well, Kirsty, thank you for coming on. Pleasure. So much fun. Do we want to overdose him again? Why not? So tell us one more time about the girls this weekend. This weekend, this Saturday, Northern Lights Arena. First whistles at seven. Get there at six so you can find sweet parking. Only six bucks. Kids five and under get in free. I forgot to mention that. So big family event. Family friendly. Yes, we are crushing each other, but you would take your kids to a football game, wouldn't you? <laughs> yes. And I'm, I'm a sucker. I'm, you guys do a 50-50, don't you? Yeah. Uh, who doesn't love a good 50-50? Right? So. And the money's going towards lighting up our sky this 4th of July. Oh, yes. Get us closer. Something wrong with it. Oh, I want to talk about what else is going on this weekend. Not a damn thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't think, is, there, is there a concert in the park this weekend? I haven't heard anything. It's the 23rd. I think the Beatles tribute. I don't know that. I don't know. I haven't heard anything. So there's that. Um, next weekend is the other stuff. Everything else I know is kind of going on next weekend. Which will all work because it's downtown and we're going to have Ann Gentry on next weekend. Oh, I love Ann. <laughs> she's the coolest. I'm part of the DDA and she's just, I think she's really doing a stand-up job. I tell you what, <clears throat> I mean, I don't know Ann very well and hopefully I'll get to know her a little better next week like we have with you today. But I went to the city jail funding voting millage issue thing mm-hmm. and she was at ACC Grand Theater and everybody was all upset that part of this millage was going to the DDA and she had to go up there and explain it to people who just didn't understand it right. and to be able to do to, to, the way she did it handled herself through that whole thing I instantly just gained a lot of respect for her because it's tough to <clears throat> try to explain something to something that people just can't that are not understanding mm-hmm. and um, she did a hell of a job at that point so yeah, I mean, it can be very you know it could it's something that could be really frustrating but she handles everything with such grace yeah and that's what i really admire about her and i told her to bring don don's awesome i've i've read what all that you have to meet don oh so that's why i kind of was like oh hey if he wants cool to guy. come um we will have to I mean, they literally only have to walk 20 feet so like <laughs> oh that's right <laughs> yeah. that's your neighbor <laughs> <laughs> so we're having brad's neighbors on the next podcast nice we kind of say yeah. oh i know i found something else that's happening this weekend cool. um thunder bay theater is back in season and yes. they're playing all shook up which is elvis themed so i can segues to that jeff is going to be a guest next month on our <sighs> podcast 
He's so. fun. <clears throat> yes. He's one. Of, he's one of my my closest friends here in Alpena, and I just I just adore that guy. And his wife is really cool too. We have theme music and an intro music that's almost done. And then Jessica did the voiceover. So nice. So we'll have That's perfect. Yeah. Well, Chris is making the intro music. And then Jeff has always been waiting and annoying for us. But until I have the music ready, there's no point in bringing in the voice. So sure. He, he, his voice will fill up this room. Yes. Too. <laughs> yes. I have a neat episode with Jeff that I want to do. So I'm looking forward to having a good time with him. And it's going to involve you, so you better be ready. Whatever. <laughs> As a thespian, he has to, and he's very good at this, as you just said. He's very good at projecting his voice mm-hmm. and talking loud and clear. Well, so you can imagine what this episode is going to be. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> um, so he's going to give you some tips, and then, then people will be able to see them in real time. Um, and then that month, might as well talk about it. Sure. So the first week in July, we have Casey Sutzman. He's going to talk about the 4th of July Parade. He's awesome. Yep. And then week two, we're going to have, um, it was Scott Bays from here on distributors, yeah, yeah. but he was like, I feel like, I don't know why he did it, but so we're going to have Brandon Blake Austin. <laughs> so he's, <laughs> he's going to bring them on into, so we're going to have, uh, we'll have to figure out how we're going to do that. Those guys are a lot of fun. And the funniest part about them is they are so completely different <laughs> for being brothers. They're such completely different people, Yeah, but they're really entertaining. Yes. When I, when um, Brant moved first to the area, he um, processed some meat with Kiff Mowers as a, on the side, and I did it too. So that's I got to meet him well before they even over, you know even broke ground on the brewery. I met him, um, so it's kind of funny that whole thing. Um, yeah, they are, and as I've gotten to know Blake a little bit, they do seem opposites, so yeah. to speak. So um, week three is Michael Beermeister from WBKB News. Oh, okay. Um, he's done some stuff for us through United Way, and I think he does a really neat job of uh, telling stories. And I really think he's actually improved the quality of the WBKB. Excellent. He did us, and then uh, we'll just pick his brain and what he thinks about coming to Alpena and all the fun stuff that goes along with that. Uh, week four, or week after that, is going to be Jeff. Okay. Because I was trying to get him on right before they do um, hairspray mm-hmm. um, at the Bandshell. But that week didn't work for him, so we're going to have him the week before, which will still hype that up a little bit. Sure, sure. And then we round a month with uh, Jackie Crouchick from the Chamber. Awesome. All cool people. Alpena is full of cool people. I schedule it, so. (laughs) So that's that. Yeah, I mean, July's awesome. June's been really good. I think June has been awesome. So um, Mary Beth, Michelle, and you are all rock stars. I'm really glad that you are going to have Jackie on and that it's not just a month dedicated to women and then you're back to just straight (laughs) up dudes. (laughs) Yeah. No. um, We have Jackie on. And then August, there's a good list of people that want to come on. It's just trying to – some of it needs to – I feel like we should time it right, you know, because there's things going on that – would be beneficial not to only us, but to them as well. So it's kind of timing that out. And, um, it's yeah. really thoughtful of you guys. Well, we appreciate you coming on. Yeah. And fun. I'm excited to at least know what's going on now when I'm watching it. Um, it's like the first time I ever watched Allison's brother wrestle. I just did not, could not understand anything that was going on. 
we were yelling one and two and I didn't and then one time it was all over and I didn't even know what happened it was just like boom just two guys grabbing each other yeah that was what I did before uh roller derby oh. I used to be part of a women's wrestling league in Kalamazoo called Kapow okay for it stood for the Kalamazoo precinct of women wrestlers mm -hmm. and I was corporate Christie the businesswoman nice. and I had a briefcase full of like props oh my and gosh stuff, and I would like pretend staple people's face with like the red swing line yes. and my finishing move was called the glass ceiling. It was oh, awesome. my goodness. <laughs> it was so much fun. Is that what's going to happen next to Alpina? Because I'm pretty excited if you bring that Maybe. one next to <laughs> That would be a really cool fundraiser. Maybe we could team up on something like that. Oh, Brad. Maybe we could find you. Maybe we could stage you at what wedding? What? I don't know. Anything I can get you married. Oh, one other thing. Thank you to everybody that came to Brad's house for me. Yes, I appreciate that. It was a good turnout, a lot of fun, a lot of food. To call the desserts to work today, it felt hurting on them. So, yeah. I tried to get your niece to hit you in the face with a pie. I think she wanted to just do it in the box. Yeah. It wasn't going to work very well. Well, I was unsuccessful, but I was a lot closer than I think I realized. <laughs> she goes, let me ask him first. I was like, don't ask him. Just go do it. She's not tall enough to hit me in the face. Well, she but I was... I she tell. believes in herself and tries hard enough. Oh, she could have made it happen. I'm surprised she didn't hit herself in the face. Oh, she kept doing that. She kept putting it in the box, like holding it up on her face. And I was like, Madison, hold the flap. And she's so like, that's okay. what it looked like. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and, but then it, and she was like, all right, let's go hit Brad in the face with it. She's like, I don't know. And then it went from, I don't know. To, well, let me go. With, I think we should ask him first. Like, no, we don't need to ask him. Let's just go hit him in the face with a pie. Yeah. Yeah. Kids these days. Yeah. You don't like a good pie in the face. Manners. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, All right. that's this week. Bye. Bye.